0: Filman and Huey we tackle life podcast
1: and so then i said look i'm not going to talk to you i'm going to put my wife on the phone she'd like to have some words with you mm-hmm. so, so carrie ends up talking to them and carrie made sure okay now i'm assuming you're going to wave all your fees, right if we come back Ooh, nice carrie yeah <laughs> so so we get to keep 10, because they take 10% off every sale. Yeah. Which is, you know, that's your business. Model. Sure, that's, that's how great. they make that's money. Fine. Yeah, that's how they do it.
0: The uh, Spielman so auctions their- are back up and running on eBay. Uh, then, um, because uh, he did what uh, all guys do. We sick the wife on him, and then uh, that's been fixed. <laughs> Good job, Mr. Spielman. Good morning. Yeah, it is a well, uh, Wednesday edition of the Spielman Hooley We Tackle Life podcast.
1: Not me. I think all the people uh, on Twitter and whatever uh, contacted eBay and that helped. And that's the power of, of social media. I mean, it can use for good or it can be used for bad. And in this case, I thought it was used for good because it's going to a good cause. So it's all worked out. And right now the Jersey, I think is the, the Jersey and the watch are at $3,900. Yes. With, uh, about uh, 36 hours to go or something like that one day. And I don't know, we'll see one, Thirty, yeah, about thirty-six hours to go. Seven o'clock on Thursday night it ends. So
0: fantastic, there you go. fantastic, and that would bring the total to what so far with Nick Felino's uh, jersey match of the Buffalo Bills jersey, twelve thousand for your Big Ten championship ring.
1: So I, I would have to look, and plus Google waiving its ten percent fees, we're going to get to our forty thousand quicker, obviously, because we're going to save four thousand mm-hmm. dollars there. Uh we'll we'll be pretty close to halfway there. We'll be close uh just maybe just over 20,000, so we're we're close to halfway there, which is incredible. It really is. And so the quicker I get there, the quicker I get to stop selling my stuff. Yeah. <laughs>
0: so I'm looking at this. So we got 12 for the ring. We got uh for the Bills jersey. It went for 1100, but Nick matched, right?
1: Yeah, 1125, so that's uh
0: 2250. So-
1: yeah, twenty-two fifty. And then so let's say
0: this goes for—I mean, let's just say oh. conservatively four thousand. It's going to go for more I, because it's yeah, yeah, you know, it's almost there
1: now. I had the uh, in the mad jacket one for twenty-seven hundred.
0: Twenty-seven hundred. I knew there was one other thing. So yeah, that's so. in the, roughly in my head. There's five and four and twelve. So that's yeah. twenty-one thousand right there. And yeah. we hope there the you. lion stuff goes uh, goes for more
1: oh there you go so we'll get over over the top on that so that would be uh really cool and great and moving forward and Absolutely. uh get to 40 grand and you know the, our system set up with you and carrie of making sure that that money gets out as soon as possible as soon as we gather all the information and uh and then people get that that money into their hands as quickly as possible so it's some um, it's really cool i think it's uh it's exciting. And, you know, here's the biggest thing and the most important thing about this. And I really believe this was a God thing when that number 40 kept uh, popping into my mind. Mm-hmm. You know, because as we progress throughout the year, right, and hopefully this thing doesn't rear its ugly head again, meaning the COVID virus. Yeah. Uh, but as as we pro- – people start forgetting, right? There's new problems, new stories. But we're not. I mean, we're going to continue to do this. And that that, to me – is uh one of the coolest things that we decided to do was to spread this out over 40 weeks and i think that was a god decision not a bruce and chris decision because people are going to move on to the next thing pretty soon and hopefully sooner rather than later to be honest with you but we won't because we know that the the people that have been impacted with the job loss is just devastating to me it is as i read these emails
0: it's just Heartbreaking. Here's one from one of our winners last week. And if you don't know what we're talking about, uh, Chris is selling his memorabilia on eBay. Every dollar will go to uh, a giveaway each Friday here on the We Tackle Life podcast. You send us the nominees, friends, acquaintances, family members, people in need because of job loss or whatever, circumstances that come up, uh, you know, they've lost their health insurance because they lost their job and then they're hit with something. Send us their name, a brief sentence about them, uh, we'll put them in a drawing. We draw names. We don't rate, you know, who's more needy than another because there's so many that are needy. Uh, and we draw Friday. This week, let's draw five names, 200 each. How's that? Um, or do you want to do 250 for four?
1: I, I, I think 250 for four okay. is more, and, and only, only because the people get to stay into the drawing. And I think 250 really is, is um, significant help I mean, 200 is significant help. I just think 250 is a good number. And plus, I've been promoting it on every show that I've been on. Okay. So I, okay, very good. I, yeah, so you understand that, right?
0: Sure, I do. Absolutely, yes. Okay. Uh, so here's an email from Steve in Northville, Michigan, who was one of our winners Friday. Uh, I'd like to thank Chris for his wonderful work. I remember him as a Lions rookie donating his time and signing autographs at the Great Oaks Country Club Caddy Banquet. Woo. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. I, well, I'm not going to say I didn't. So there you go. I, I, I did because I used to my first home uh, was by Great Oaks Country Club. So
0: he said I was fortunate enough to see him play down in the horseshoe and in the big house as well as at the Silverdome. So Sell, a uh, selling memorabilia to help others is genuinely awesome. Uh, he is not he nominated his wife. Uh, we've been adversely affected by COVID-19. She's unable to work as a school bus driver due to her breast cancer. She's been cancer-free mm. for about four years with her first bout, but unfortunately, it has returned. So you certainly know what that's about. So, um, yeah. so Steve is one of our recipients, and it's nice to get a, a thank you email back, but that is certainly not necessary. We're glad to help anybody. One of our winners was a, a flight attendant in Denver. Uh, the other two, uh, one was a gentleman in Tracy, California. And I'm blanking on the fourth one, but the checks are on their way. Excuse me, the money orders are on their way. Yeah. And if you would like to nominate someone or nominate yourself, SpielmanHooleyPodcast at gmail.com, SpielmanHooleyPodcast at gmail.com, the official coffee of the Spielman Podcast, Hemisphere Coffee Roasters. They introduced last night on social media a very interesting video about why they do what they do, buying direct from growers in Nicaragua and Thailand. You can see Paul, who is uh, the gentleman who started the company, and uh, Hemisphere will donate 20% of sales from Spielman & Hooly listeners to the uh, pool of money that we're giving away. So you have the opportunity to get a 15% discount if you use the promo code We life in all caps. But if you want to forego your discount and have Hemisphere add to it, they will do that. Just note in the comments section, I heard about you guys on the uh, We Tackle Life Spielman & podcast. So we appreciate Andy, Paul, Grace and everybody at Hemisphere are doing that for us, and their coffee's fantastic. Speels, how, yeah. many, how many cups this morning? Uh, a Nicaraguan blend or a breakfast blend? Yeah,
1: uh, on on number two Nicaraguan. I can't even say the word. I can. I just not. I'm just not the Nick, Nicaraguan. There mm-hmm. you go. I, that's uh, very good. On cup number two. I'm looking for more actually soon. <laughs>
0: All right, outstanding. Uh, <laughs> let's go to uh, uh, pat on the backs. Uh, atta boys, way to go, guys. To Chris Holtman. To Ryan Day and to Gene Smith, who yesterday announced through a release at Ohio State that they will be donating $35,000 a month up through the month of August to the Mid-Ohio Food Bank. And you can imagine the Mid-Ohio Food Bank is uh, definitely slammed right now with more people needing uh, help with groceries and things like that. Great job out of the top three guys at Ohio State.
1: No, that's the coolest thing that we get to witness in in these times, and I even go back to 9-11 how people galvanize together and say how can we help and what can we do and and for guys and leaders like uh, Coach uh, day and coach Holtman and and Jane Smith the athletic director to set an example and to give that kind of money to uh, Organization like middle Ohio food bank who does such important work and great work uh, that's exciting for me to see and I think it's people helping people, but also people, inspiring people. And so I'm inspired by their actions and, uh, keep it going as long as you can. And, you know, there was a, a great, um, a great, uh, philosopher, uh, religious leader, um, his, his name escapes me right now, uh, founder of the Methodist church actually, uh, shoot, I'm sorry that I, John forgot Calvin. This, it, no, it's, um, uh, I'll, I'll think of it okay. throughout before the show's over. But it's do all the good you can, all the ways you can, by all the means you can, and, and all the times you can, to as many as you can, and just you know keep doing it and keep doing good, any way possible, and, and let's not forget that this is this is not just financial. My my service is, is financial because I have a a way to raise money. Gene and and Ryan and and Chris are doing a uh, financial means because they have the money to be able to do that and the generous uh, donations on their part, but it's also acts of service, right, Bruce? I mean, yep. that's, that's uh, something that you do on a, on a regular basis. It's even you doing your Facebook live uh, talk about faith on Sunday mornings for those people that maybe uh, or don't go to a regular church, but are, are on a journey or seeking and you're providing that service. So it's just been, you know, encouraging to watch amongst the plethora of bad news that we receive or the sad news that sometimes the, you know, blood and guts sell on the news media. That seems still to be the case. Mm -hmm. But uh, there are so many good stories out there. And it's just just, that's what I try to focus on and try to look for. Unfortunately, we have to look for the good stories a lot of times. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They don't, uh, create as much interest, but uh, I think they warm people's hearts right now. Hopefully they inspire. Yeah. That's what we made the point on the last podcast. Give what you can give, given your, give out of the, your gifts. God's given you a gift. Maybe you're an encourager. Maybe you're somebody who can inspire. Maybe you're somebody who can serve somebody who can be kind, somebody who can listen, whatever it is. You have a gift. Everyone has a gift, more than one. Usually, uh, you give out of those gifts and, uh, It's uh, it's a way you'll feel better. Trust me on that. When you give, you'll feel a lot better. Okay, let's go to some uh, sports news here. We'll get to the NFL draft with the Buckeyes. Mike Gundy, Oklahoma State football coach, has a plan
1: to start. Wait, 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 wait. John Wesley. John
0: John Wesley. Wesley, Yes, it was John Wesley. I'm sorry. Uh I googled it and uh, I meant to. I'm glad you threw that in. John Wesley started the Methodist Church. Uh, Mike Gundy has a plan to start the college football season by having players back on campus May the first. He says test them when they come back, sequester them in the dorms. Uh, they're healthy young men; they'll be fine. Uh, test all the personnel around them. If nobody around them is infected, how could anybody get infected? Keep them in a closed environment. We got to get college football moving. We got to get our economy moving. We got to get the the commerce of college sports going. And Mike Gundy is being roundly. Uh, criticized for this pat 40 wrote a scathing column on sports illustrated even his own university uh says no they're going to adhere to all the uh you know governmental recommendations on social distancing and all that kind of stuff so uh gundy's idea did not uh, thrill his university and it's not thrilling the uh general college football media populace
1: do you think that mike gundy's the only person in this country that feels that way i do
0: not Not at all. I do not feel that way at all. I mean, I I, I get... He's going to get ripped, of course, but I, I just would like... What I would like, and I'm not saying that his plan has merit or doesn't have merit. I would just like somebody to explain why it doesn't have merit on the merits. Like, Just tell me. If you sequester everybody and everybody's clean, how could it get in? You know, and now, there's just optics to this, too. I mean, these guys... It looks bad if there's a pandemic going on and you bring people together, college football players who aren't paid, so that you can drive the commerce of the country or the colleges or of college sports or the NCAA. I get that. I understand why. And some things you don't do because they, they don't look bad. They, they don't look good. They don't look flattering. What if somebody gets sick, all that? I get it. I'm just saying, you don't need to rip Mike Gundy, which I really like Pat Forty. Pat's really talented, and I really like Pat. Pat is such a skilled journalist, he could have taken this plan apart on its merits rather than just kind of mocking Mike
1: Gundy. Yeah, I I mean, Mike Gundy has a platform, and Mike Gundy said what I guarantee you half the country is thinking right now, Bruce. Um, I'm just kind of watching what our state says. And some of the, just hearing things and looking through social media and seeing uh, what our state thinks. And and the longer this goes, the more difficult it is going to be uh, from keeping people from going back to work, right? I mean, people have to eventually work and there has to be, I'm not saying go back to normal. I think, you know, common sense and social distancing and, and proper protocols to kind of ease our way back. But... I was having a conversation with, with a, a friend last night, and he said to me, you know, you're not going to be able to keep people sequestered or quarantined much longer. I mean, he, he he's, he's of the opinion, I mean, we all have different opinions sure. on this, right? He's of the opinion that uh, after April 30th, you know, people are just going to start all right, got to go. Just do you what know. they want to do, we'll, yeah. I, I, yeah, but I, I'm not saying do what they want to do irresponsibly, but in a responsible manner.
0: Yeah, um, this will forever change us, and it'll be, I think in some ways, it'll be really good, I think, uh, and we'll get to that in the faith portion of the podcast. But um, I, I let me just go through the numbers that we know. The Washington, University of Washington model, is now predicting 60,000 deaths in the United States from COVID. Well, that's way down from what the initial uh, dire predictions were. Two years ago, we had 80,000 people die from the flu. It was a particularly bad year for the flu. We had 80,000 people die. Mm -hmm. We didn't shut anything down. We didn't cancel any seasons. We didn't, you know, and I'm not saying that this is wrong that we did because I'm sure we've blunted some of the growth of this thing by these drastic measures that we have taken. Absolutely. Absolutely sure of that. Uh, I don't think it's a conspiracy by anybody to crash our economy or whatever. I'm sure it has merit. I'm sure it's all well-intentioned. I'm just saying that the initial numbers don't look like, thank goodness, thank the Lord, that they're not going to be what we feared Uh, they would be. And so maybe it's time. It's not, to me, it's not um, cavalier, disrespectful to start having conversations about how we, you know, restart our lives. And I'm one of the guys who enjoys life as it is right now. I like having my kids at home. I like having the time to do things that I haven't had time to do. I like ordering my life uh, around what I think is God's opportunity for us to spend more time with him and get to know him better. I'm not saying I I object to anything we've done. I'm just saying that at some point in time,
1: life's going to resume. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I mean, I was I was very proud of our governor and our and our leaders in our state for being proactive, right? Uh, well, before this started, I could we could say that Ohio was pretty proactive. Very was, much, very much. And and so, why can't we be proactive and start talking and planning about how we're going to get back up and running again? And why is that like? Oh my gosh, you're insensitive to the needs of the. Uh, People in dealing with COVID-19, no, you, you always, I always thought, at least as a player, you know, once once you're uh, past something, you start planning for the next thing. And yeah. so I think for me, uh, hopefully, Governor DeWine and, and Lieutenant Governor John Husted, uh, and I'm sure, you know, John's a pretty smart guy, and uh, I don't know Governor DeWine as, as well as I know Lieutenant Governor Husted. But I'm sure these guys have to be planning on okay, how are we gonna start opening up and we can do it in a responsible way? There has to be plans. So my point is Gundy's talking about a plan. And so if he talks about it, let's not attack him, Pat. Let's hear you talk about what your plan Yeah, is give
0: me a better we, plan. Give me a better we're idea. Not going
1: to, we're not gonna we're not gonna sit here in isolation. Human beings aren't built to do that. I mean, we're gonna honor the rules, you know, but it's not gonna ha- we're not gonna do this forever. You know, this is not what we're going to do. And anybody that thinks we're going to do that is naive because people are getting antsy from what I'm reading. I, now I could be wrong, but people are getting antsy. And I think they're willing to be patient for two more weeks or till the 30th. Then after that, I think, all right, what's our plan? Yeah. And that yeah. plan needs to be worked on now, not then. Correct. I agree. 100. That, that makes me angry that he gets like, that he, he attacks Gundy. Just because Gundy's a little... Uh, rough around the edges and in your face, you know. Don't attack the person, dude. Attack the plan. If you don't like the plan, come up with your own plan. Yeah, because I they don't. It's just that's so dumb. That's that goes to talking over people as opposed to talking to people. He broke a Spielman rule. Yes,
0: there he did. Go. He did. At least he didn't. At <laughs> least he didn't go shirtless jogging in bicycle pants. That'd be yeah, that's right.
1: A that's, really
0: that's, egregious that's, violation. Rule on number one. The olden life plan. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh okay so uh here we go nfl draft we don't know i heard dan patrick the other day saying "Oh, i can't hold the draft well you know maybe they will Why? maybe they won't i just because everybody's not look if they would delay the draft for a month and the draft could go on as it used to go on let's say no fans in the ballroom in vegas but you could have all the nfl people in the ballroom and you could have people in their team facilities then i think it'd be worth doing it that way i do think it'd be worth doing it what You tell me from an NFL perspective, is it problematic drafting guys? Let's say you're going to start the season on time. Is it problematic drafting guys May 25th as opposed to April 25th?
1: I don't think so. Uh, I think the general managers all wanted a delay, but the NFL league office said, no, we're doing it this way at this time. And And it's like anything in life where, you want to do something yeah. one way, you know it's a better way and it could be more efficient and more effective. But the boss says, No, you're doing it at this time. So you figure a way out how to do it at this time. Mm-hmm. You know? Even though I mean, thank by the by God's grace and great work by a lot of great people in, in, in our society, hopefully this thing is at least, you know, right now, there's a lot of optimism out there. Uh, but I think the plan has already been put in place by Roger Goodell in the NFL, and all the general managers are making the necessary adjustments. And they're all going to be uh, fantasy football general managers operating from their basements, picking players mm-hmm. while they're on the phone. So that's what that's what it is. But you know, we there's going to be so much. Well, we should have done this, and we should have done that, and you need to explain yourself why this. You know, I, pre- I, I prefer. To look forward as opposed to looking back. Now, you look back to figure out okay, what mistakes do we made and how we can get better, but also I prefer to look forward. So, I just think that obviously a draft in May would be uh, easier and I think more efficient for NFL teams. Uh, I think what this draft is going to produce, Bruce, is every general manager is going to uh, take the I think we'll see minimal trades and I think every general manager is going to take the, the path of least resistance and choose the safest player on a board mm-hmm. as opposed to maybe the best player on the board because they don't have the, all the knowledge they need to take a shot on a kid that might be a, uh, a little bit of a uh, risk. Does that make sense?
0: Yes, it does. And I mean, that's uh, kind of what I was getting at with JK Dobbins yesterday and the story that I wrote on SI.com backslash college, backslash Ohio State, is J.K. Dobbins didn't get to run at the Combine. He couldn't have foreseen at the Combine that he wouldn't have a pro day or that he wouldn't be able to go and get physically examined by teams or meet with teams in person or whatever. There's plenty of evidence on tape that J.K. Dobbins is a really good football player. But if you're a team and J.K. Dobbins, Jonathan Taylor, and DeAndre Swift all seem like they're pretty comparable and you haven't been able to do the investigation that you normally would do Maybe this is going to end up causing J.K. Dobbins to not go ahead of somebody he might have otherwise gone ahead of. I don't think he's going to tumble in the draft by any stretch of the imagination because I didn't forget this, but I I didn't remember it in great detail. One of the things you look for in any football player, any player, any employee is production in the most difficult challenges. Yep. J.K. Dobbins against Michigan State, they were ranked 25th, Wisconsin, they were ranked 11th, Penn State, top 10, Michigan, which is the rivalry game, Wisconsin again in the Big Ten title game in Clemson, had over half his rushing yards. Amazing. Over 1,000 yards. He didn't, here's, let me give you the stats. 36 carries, 157 yards, two touchdowns is his worst game of those six. (laughs) is his worst game. 163 yards against Wisconsin, the first time 172, the second time 172 against Michigan State, 211 against Michigan, 174 against Clemson. And oh, by the way, he scored a touchdown in every one of those games. And in those six games he had 11 touchdowns. 11 touchdowns in 6 games.
1: So that's the analytics of it, right? What what's he do and 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 what they always been break it down okay, what's his yardage per carry in the first quarter compared to the fourth quarter after he has 20-plus carriers already? Is he getting stronger? Is he, you know, yeah. is he getting weaker? There's so, there's so many things to break it down. It's just with running backs, right, you, you need to know what he runs. And I'm sure I know that general managers have relationships with coaches at Ohio State, uh, trusting relationships. So, example, Rick can call Mickey Marotti, and Rick and Mickey mm-hmm. were in grad school together at Ohio State. I don't know if, uh, if uh, you know. I don't know if you knew that or I not. I did not there know was, that. There's a scoopage. They were in the same uh, graduate program at Ohio State. So, Rick can call him, and Mickey has this. I'm not just saying Rick. I'm just giving you the example. Mickey has, I'm sure, this relationship with 32 other guys. If if he doesn't, then those thirty-two other general managers are idiots for not having a relationship with the strength coach at Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Because yes, it does. Uh, you know the importance of the strength coach. Absolutely. So, so Rick will call Mickey, and and, and I'm just—I'll I'll be Rick. Hey Mick, how you doing? How are the kids? Awesome, man. Wife, good. Yeah. How are you guys holding up? Great. Hey, no BS. What's JK run? Yeah. That's it. And Mickey will give him a straight shot. Or, or, and then they move on and make that decision. So that's how they're gathering their information, as opposed to coming to Ohio State, going over to that beautiful Woody Hayes, sitting in the, uh, in, in the indoor practice field, and timing these guys. There comes a point where they have to trust uh, their buddies and trust their guys that they know and understand that these guys got to be honorable and give them the truth. And without hurting the kid, you say, for example, like, um, I'll do me. It's Rick calling Mickey. Hey, uh, Mick, how you doing? Blah, blah, blah. Tell me about Chris Spielman. Um, what's he run? Mm, Not really fast, but I'll tell you this coach, that he plays a lot faster than his time speed. And the film will tell you the rest of the story. Yeah. Then that's when a general manager has to make that decision. That's right. So, you know what my idiot brother does? He keeps the draft card of me from 1988. And before the draft starts, he hangs up my draft card with all my information on it. Then he has my 40 time with arrows and highlighters on it with a smiley face. He's what was your, what was your 40 time? I'm not talking about that right now. Okay. He's had that card. <laughs> I don't know what it was well he sent me a picture of it and then and he has that card with him and he carries it with him on every draft day and he tapes it in a special place so he texted me a picture of that draft card with all the grades and all the stuff height weight measurement time speed short shuttle speed all that and what he'll do is text it to me every year and i just say nothing but slander and lies dude nothing but slander and lies so
0: Well, now, here's a possibility why he keeps it. Why? I know you think he keeps it to, you know, get one over on your.
1: Yes. You, him, everybody torments me. That's what you guys get your great pleasures in life out of. All right, go ahead.
0: Maybe he keeps it (laughs) to remind himself not to get too focused on measurables and to remind himself that a football player is a football player and don't ignore a football player.
1: Uh, well, I actually think he told me that one time. So you may be very well. You might be right. Yes. Okay. All right. All right. Thank you. I, You're I, welcome. I'm sorry. I just got uh, got a lot of I, – I get excited about this draft time. So, what do you, you know, that's, it, it's fun. And so for me, the, the decision for the NFL to carry on this draft, obviously because we're talking about it now and you hear the excitement in my voice, I approve of the decision. Not that anybody cares, but I do. So there you go. <laughs> Chase Young. You were we'll, going to talk about DeAndre Swift. I'm sorry. Well, DeAndre Swift
0: around. ran a 4.4.8, and Jonathan Taylor ran a 4.3.8. Wow. That wow. was my. When Jonathan Taylor ran a 4.3.8, I'm like, whoa. You know, and I heard yeah. he was a sprint champion and all that, but still, that um, <laughs> was like, hmm. Now he's hadn't gotten a lot of work in three years at Wisconsin. I don't know how much that makes people nervous. DeAndre Swift is split time. Uh, at Georgia. Maybe he doesn't have as much tread off the tires. But J.K. Dobbins is going to be a productive NFL player. And I certainly hope he goes in the first round. They give Ohio State three first-rounders. Jonah Jackson's going to get picked. Robert Lander's going to get picked. Devon Hamilton, Damon Arnett, Jordan Fuller. So the Buckeyes are going to have a lot of guys picked in the draft. Malik Harrison. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) absolutely. Okay, but here's a question I have for you. And maybe this is a different way of asking: who the best, who who's the player in the draft you're most confident ten years from now we're going to look back and go, who that guy was the best player in the draft. Now sometimes it's a guy who goes in the teens. Like you could probably argue that uh, one draft it was Ray Lewis, one draft it might have been Ed Reed, you know, right. and one draft it was Tom Brady. And, you know, you don't know who the best player is going to be. Or another way of asking it is: who's the player that you know intrigues you the most? Now, that may be a different question because Jalen Hurts may be a guy who intrigues you the most. I come down to two guys that I would be confident saying in 10 years one of these two guys is going to be looked upon as the best player in this draft. You want me to say who they are or do you want to guess who yeah, they are?
1: no, say who they are.
0: One of them is Jeff Okuda, and one of them is Isaiah Simmons, the Clemson linebacker. I think Okuda is the safer pick because – Simmons is fast. Simmons can jump. Simmons can, you know, let me fill in whatever blank you want. He's just a little bit light for the linebacker position, but he runs as fast as a wide receiver. He ran a 4-3-9. And had I not laid my eyes on him and watched him close from the safety position on -hmm. Justin Fields throwing a pass, you know, down the right hash, that was, I was like, whoa, because I was sitting in the end zone at the Fiesta Bowl and saw how far he had to close. I don't think Justin Fields didn't see him. I think Justin Fields thought there's no way he can get there.
1: Okay, I, that's that's really interesting that you said that because I'm going to say I know Bruce isn't going to say Akuda. Oh yeah, I he, love him. I want I, that. Hey, nobody loves him more than I do. I'm I'm actually working a draft uh, show for the Detroit Lions on Thursday night of the draft, and so I'm all about Jeff Akuda, but you're your caveat to this was 10 years. Yeah. Now statistics tell us that it's very rare for a corner to be in a league for 10 years mm-hmm. or on the same team for 10 years, right? It's just the nature of the position it has nothing to do with Jeffrey Akuda. Nothing. Right. I would say that about any corner at any any time, statistically speaking, they don't last 10 years. So that would eliminate Jeff Akuda for me. Isaiah Simmons. Normally, you say, yes, he is late for the linebacker position, but not how they're going to use him. They're going to use him as what they call big nickel Mm -hmm. in a lot of situations. Mm -hmm. And so he's not going to take the normal beating, say that a Mike linebacker position like I played, right, where you're in there, heads with guards and tackles and fullbacks. That's not going to be uh, Simmons' role. So I think he'll be okay. And I think his versatility is that what attracts everybody to this kid. And the one person that I know that really loves Isaiah Simmons is Matt Patricia, because Matt Patricia, his number one attribute that he looks for in linebackers, Matt Patricia, the head coach of the Detroit Lions, by the way, folks, if you didn't know that, uh, his number one attribute is his versatility. So all those guys, I mean, you take a look. Let's say the first four picks. I, I don't know who they are. Just say you add Joe in there. I think Joe. Uh, Chase Young. You know, Brian, yeah, Chase Young. Chase, again, has all the attributes, the tools, the metal makeup, the wanting to be great factor. How much does he love football? All these questions these journal managers ask. Chase has that all. Jeff Fakuda, Isaiah Simmons. I mean, those are four really good players. And the coolest thing about that is three of them are Buckeyes. Yeah, with one with a slash on LSU. The yeah. first three picks could be Ohio State Buckeyes. Isn't that amazing? That is
0: amazing. Credit to Urban Meyer and his recruiting.
1: No yeah. doubt about that. No kidding, man. The dude set a, set a standard that's almost unreachable. To be honest with you, well, we'll see. Maybe maybe Ryan can top that. But you look at that and and the amount of the number of first round picks that he's had. But the guy that intrigues me, I'm sorry, the guy that intrigues me is Tua. I because of his, because of his, of his size because of the injury situation because for whatever reason uh good news for Tua, I love the guy. Bad news for Tua, I love the guy because I'm not very good like many other people in this world of picking quarterbacks, but I just think he's something, man, and I I hope he stays healthy because I really think he's he's something special because I'm going to tell you what he did in that national championship game, and I want you to, because I know you have recall on this, but for somebody to step into that situation at that age, I think is one of the most underrated sports accomplishments of my lifetime. Could you tell the people what I'm talking about? That would be
0: like, for instance, this year, Ohio State gets to the national championship game, and Justin Fields plays poorly in the first half, and Ryan Day at halftime brings off the bench, CJ Stroud, a true freshman who's played in only mop-up duty and says, CJ, you look great in practice, go do it. I mean, you'd be like, what? Because yeah. Jalen Hurts got his team to, to, the champ- to the national championship game the year before, and it took a Clemson, you know, rally one second to go pass from Deshaun Watson to Hunter Renfro to beat Jalen Hurts out of winning a national championship as a true freshman at Alabama. Takes him to the SEC title. He'd lost one game in two years. And at halftime, he couldn't get the offense going. And Nick Saban said, All right, put Tua in. And Tua remember, threw a terrible interception in the third quarter of that game. A terrible interception. Saban stuck with him. Then on the first play of overtime, after Georgia kicked a field goal, Tua took an 11-yard sack and proceeds to come back on the next play and throw a game-winning touchdown pass. Uh, That's what the kid's made of. I agree with you. He is without question the most intriguing player of draft night because when you look at the mock drafts and the speculative stuff around the draft there is considerable speculation the Dolphins will trade up to three with the Lions and take him. Mm-hmm. Yesterday I saw a mock where the Dolphins trade up to three and take Justin Herbert. And the mm-hmm. Chargers end up with Tua at six. There are some people who think, huh, oh, don't rule out the Bengals taking Tua at one. The Redskins may take Tua at two. That's so true. there's all kinds of intrigue around Tua, where he's going to go, and then, of course, there's intrigue around Tua in what kind of condition is he in? He says he's 100%. But if he wasn't 100%, would he say he's not? You know. So there's all this intrigue around. Him. And he's left handed and he's Hawaiian. And there's just, there's really not too much status quo with Tua Tungavaloa. It just isn't.
1: Yeah, I, I I think he was very smart putting those videos out of his workouts and how he moves and stuff. And, you know that's not ideal. That's not getting eyes on him, but again, he's at least being proactive in giving general managers something to work with and scouts something to work with as far as his movement goes after the hip surgery. So I, I love guys that do that. If I if, could, you imagine me coming out, Bruce. you know uh, during during this type of draft. Oh man, I would I I would have I would have eighty to ninety videos going to coaches uh, all around. I would yeah. send all my, my linebacker tip videos to them, but I would be doing it for real.
0: I don't know. If you don't want to be an undrafted free agent, sending those
1: linebacker videos. <laughs> <radios. laughs> uh. You know what they would come back with? We question the competition that you're dominating. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. that's right. What hey, do you mean? I, I can't dominate the 4'11", 95-pound uh, little girl? That's so. funny.
0: Hey, you know, on Isaiah Simmons, you made the point that uh, Matt Patricia would be intrigued by him. Uh, and yeah. I was just sitting here thinking, well, of course he would. He's coming from the New England Patriots system, and Belichick has a whole box full of Super Bowl rings because of the versatility of linebackers like Teddy Bruschi and Mike Vrabel. So, of, yeah. course, of course, Matt Patricia would be highly intrigued by a guy like Isaiah Simmons. I did see a mock where Isaiah Simmons falls to the Browns at 10, which would be, holy smokes, what a dream scenario for me as a Browns fan. Yeah, I don't understand why, if I expect Patricia to take him, I really do, because of the reasons we've outlined. But I understand why they'd take Okuda. By the way, on Jeff Okuda, you say he's not a 10-year corner. Jeff Okuda seems to me to be a guy who could be a 6-7-year six- to seven-year corner and then is one of those wise old heads who moves back to safety and plays really productive yeah. safety for a while.
1: Uh very possible. Great point by you. Wow, that's again you spending time in quarantine. Your football is is, is getting you're getting wiser. Wow, it's rare. It's
0: <laughs> you're getting softer. Complimenting.
1: Well, well, you're finally starting to act like a two time state champion. I'm. Uh, <laughs> You're not walking around with a bandage on your chin. and No, not anymore. Cuts on your face. What <laughs> kind of anymore. athlete are you? What kind of. So I? we just have to tell the people. So um, I was making a delivery to you last. Was it last week? Didn't leave the car. We observed proper social distancing. Yeah. So don't don't judge me. No, I'm no, just kidding. Um, But like, it's not. I mean, hey, how you doing is it? What kind of state? My first. What kind of state champion are you, dude? You're coming out of here with bandages on your nose. Be some type of athlete. Which goes to prove my point that you don't have to be an athlete to run cross country. You're running a straight line. That's
0: right. That's right. Not into walls, hopefully. <laughs> oh, so I uh, I just think Isaiah Simmons is going to be gone. I don't understand why the why the Giants wouldn't take him at four. I know they want a tackle, but man, a town. Ta- there's a oh, lot of tackles in this draft. But uh, there's only one Isaiah Simmons. So we'll see. Uh, Okuda, Young, Burrow, they're going to go top three. And that's going to be, you know, great ammunition for the Buckeyes. Uh, Let's go read a review here. (laughs) Okay, so... I promise I'm not making this up. I wish you were here so you could see it on the laptop. This one comes from, It's the headline is Practice What He Preaches. I've never reviewed anybody on iTunes. Nobody lists a a normal name. This is like a bunch of consonants run together, so I I don't know what. I can't figure out who it is. It says, as a young 20-year-old unpaid intern, Bruce Hooley went out of his way to be kind to me. Bruce is one of the most objective Members of the media and smartest, as they say, "Character is what you are when no one is watching." And Bruce was great to me when he didn't have to be. Great podcast from great guys. That was nice to read that
1: for me. Sign, Katie. Sign. I was going to say
0: I, now this t- tells you my kids can review podcasts. Uh, this one comes well here. This one comes from T. Wilson, so I guess you can put your name down.
1: He says okay. meaningful.
0: If you love Ohio sports, great interaction between two good guys and uh, to interaction between two good guys and faith in christ this podcast is for you you will only be disappointed that you only get 3 hours per week bruce and chris have become a must listen for me thank you bruce and chris for speaking just to me or it sure does feel that way well that's wow, very that's really cool thank you very much listen we read all the reviews so all of you who like wanted to toss your cookies at that nice review about me Write, Me? Write, one of those write a real critical one, and I'll read that one the next time. I promise.
1: Did you get the one that said, Chris is great and Bruce is horrible? I get a lot of those.
0: I think we've read those in past <laughs> weeks. You tend to forget those, being needy like you are. <laughs> oh, funny, 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 funny. All right, hey, we got a new Buckeye basketball player. Lutho Hamad out. Welcome to town. Jimmy Sotos from Bucknell. He's a point guard who right now will sit this coming season and play next season. Uh, are you yeah. bothered that the Buckeyes are taking uh, so many transfers? CJ Next year they'll have four transfers on the team, three playing, oh. maybe three starting. C.J. Walker just is suing Seth Towns, and now Jimmy Sotos. you got to get guys to replace the guys who are leaving. I am not bothered by the number of guys leaving because in each case I know why they're leaving. Uh, and they're all different reasons but they're all as I said the other day under the same umbrella of looking out for themselves more than looking out for the team interests Jimmy Soto's a nice get I like taking a mature kid but uh, some people are bothered what's going on with this program all these cop guys are leaving
1: that's gonna be like that every year you know that's just the way it is that's I it'll probably get worse moving forward to agree. be honest with you agree you might have five, four different starters every single year. So, because of the name and
0: likeness thing, because we're in an era of selfishness, you know, name and likeness. Face it, this makes people uncomfortable. This, you tell me if I'm wrong. The reality is, schools are going to be quietly bidding on players from other schools who can fill a glaring need on their
1: team for that coming season. <sighs> You're going to have to to compete, and I I, I don't know how it's going to look. I mean, I'm sure uh, the AAU stuff, which has been shady for a lot of years at the highest levels, would you agree with that? I mean, I'm sure. I I, I just don't know how this is going to look. I mean, there's going to have to be a recruiting period uh, every single year, not only for high school recruits, but for transfer portal guys. And you know how word gets around, rumors fly around, people talk. You know, Chris Holtman might hear a hey, uh, guy from uh, New Mexico who averaged 27, uh, has an aunt here mm-hmm. in uh, Gahanna, and he would like to come here and play, you know. And what's Chris supposed to do? You know, if the guy comes here, uh, no, you can't come here. I mean, that's that's what people are going to start doing. It's just, you know, that to me is the the future of college basketball.
0: Well, and then so. I think that part of it is gonna be maybe the kid doesn't have an ant in Gahanna, but the kid looks at it and goes, I don't know, Ohio State, Caleb Weston's going pro. They need a center. You know what? Yeah. I'm a pretty oh, yeah. I'm a pretty Absolutely. good center, but I'm here at New Mexico State and in Las Cruces, New Mexico, I can't make a whole lot of money off endorsing the local yeah. car dealer. But in Columbus, well, they have car dealers who have like six, seven, eight dealerships and they're big Buckeye yeah. fans. And I could cash in, and it'd be legal. Yeah. I'm not talking about illegal. If you guys are behind, did they on, make
1: name, image, and likeness legal when I wasn't looking? Well, it's the it's sporting? gonna be
0: legal. You know, name, okay. image, and likeness is going to be approved.
1: And yeah, you're I don't, welcome, by the way, everybody.
0: Yes, Mr. Spielman. <laughs> all you wanted to pan him for his uh, action on behalf of athletes, but yeah, but I don't. What I don't know is the the athletic departments are all uncomfortable with like athletes being paid. Well, that's just too bad. You're going to have to figure it out. What I don't know is how do schools do execute name, image, and likeness and stay out of the business of brokering name, image, and likeness deals? Because I'm quite sure the NCAA doesn't want to have people involved in brokering, but just like we saw with the FBI scandal in college basketball, you can say you don't want to be brokering these deals. These colleges are already brokering these deals under oh. the table and, quote, unquote, quietly, unless the FBI is listening on a wiretap, they're going to be brokering these deals. They just are.
1: Well, I just think that what they'll do is you'll have a company, just like they have uh, IMG represents the broadcast rights yeah. of Ohio State. So Ohio State just basically subcontracts, They're broadcasting, advertising out to IMG, uh, which we've learned throughout my little ordeal. But IMG will also it could possibly also represent the players, right? So there's there's companies of representation out there that maybe the school has uh, in-house representation for these players on the amount of money that they can make. Now, of course, what will happen then is, well, the players are going to say, well, I want my uncle to negotiate my deals mm-hmm. and of course the law will then say well you have to be a registered agent like it is for the nfl right you okay. have to be a registered agent to be able to broker these deals so i I mean i that's my prediction of what's going to come down that way it gives the nca and a school like ohio state for example some type of control of who's actually selling what and you know i think the. The, the the other I mean there's a whole the other interesting thing Ohio State does a deal with Coke but the player does a deal with Pepsi you know Ooh, so yeah. all that all that stuff is going to have to be worked out and I know that the NFL does you know the NFL does a, a pretty good job of you know what the league uh, sponsors compared to what the players can sponsor so there's there's got to be a happy medium hey look if we can deal with how to get sports back on the field in the midst of a pandemic or after a pandemic, I'm sure they can figure out the name, image, and likeness thing.
0: Uh, By the way, speaking of getting sports back on the field, quickly uh, just an update on MLB and the NBA, and then we'll get to the faith portion of the podcast. Uh, Major League Baseball is discussing a plan to resume its season in mid-May on 10 fields in Arizona. And the NBA commissioner, Adam Silver, said yesterday that he cannot even think about getting to a point where he could make any kind of a decision about the future resumption of the league until May 1st. Not resumption of the league on May 1st. Right. Um, sitting down to decide on May 1st because he wants to get all the data in and all that. So that's, that's the update on the MLB and the NBA.
1: Yeah, and I thought the NHL said something about maybe doing something up in North Dakota. Yeah. Yeah,
0: that's been floated as well. Uh, remember, Hemisphere Coffee Roasters, the official coffee of the Spielman & podcast. Spiels uh, gets going with that every day, the Nicaraguan blend. You can order from Thailand at a friend who ordered. They have a bunch of different – you can order the beans, you can order the roast, you can order K-cups, uh, and they will donate 20% of sales if you note you're a Spielman & listener to our COVID-19 relief. You send your nominations for COVID-19 relief to Podcast at gmail.com. Order from Hemisphere Online at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Follow them on Twitter at HCR Coffee. And uh, they're in Mechanicsburg. If you're out there, you can swing in. They are open, they are considered essential because they're in the food business. Uh, they have a safe way of getting you your order. They have many different flavored blends. Great coffee, great people doing great things around the world buying direct from growers. So, Hemisphere Coffee Roasters com and uh, if you want to get a 15 percent discount you can use the promo code we tackle life in all caps all right mr spielman uh we uh transition to the faith portion of the podcast would you like to start us like, off
1: I, I, I actually would like you to start off okay
0: today. uh sports is and any endeavor in sports to be successful at it you need confidence uh when i'm confident Um, on the golf course, on the tee, I'm going to hit a good shot? I usually do. When I'm not confident, I don't. Uh, My baseball years, you get in slumps, you're not confident. You can't get a hit. You're very confident. You can hit extremely well. Uh, You all know confidence plays into everything. So we're at a point in our country now where a lot of people's confidence is shaken. Why is their confidence shaken? Because the things we've placed our confidence in uh, has turned out to be not in our control when we were quite sure it was in our control. Our health, um, our economic future, our job, many different things. Uh, Strikes me that we have uh, become less confident because we have become aware of how little control we have over things. But here's the thing. From a spiritual perspective, God wants you to acknowledge that he is in control, that he is sufficient. Uh, If you are convinced that you can manage it, that you are in control, that you can manage your future, you can manage your health, you can you, 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 you're prioritizing yourself and your own sufficiency over God. We are all saved through our faith, in what Christ did at the cross. It's holy week, the death and resurrection of Jesus. All you need to do is believe in that and claim his perfection as your own to be forgiven for your sin and be acceptable in his sight. So that takes faith, because you didn't stand on Calvary's cross. You didn't watch as the stone was rolled away, and he came out and reappeared to so many people wow. over the next 30 days. So it takes faith. The opposite of faith is not doubt. The opposite of faith, putting your trust in Christ, is putting your trust in yourself. The opposite of faith is self-sufficiency. God doesn't like that. It says in Proverbs, one of the things he hates is pride. Top of the list. Six things the Lord hates, seven detestable to him, pride. Pride is putting your faith in yourself. So, this is the eighth of the month. I love the eighth of the month because I'm in the book of Proverbs And Proverbs 8 is all about wisdom. And if you read it, it talks about how wisdom is not hard to find. Wisdom stands on a high hill. It stands where people walk into the cities. It stands where people congregate. And it calls out, projects its voice so you can hear it. God's wisdom is there for you to hear. We're at a pause in our country, and I really believe that God has hit the pause button so we all have an opportunity to listen to him and to understand where control lies, where we need to put our confidence. It's not in ourself. It's in Him. So I would encourage you to do that, to examine that, and to uh, really look and see that when we think we have our health in control, we think our retirement in control, we think we have everything in control, God's shown us
1: who's really in control. I, too, don't think it's a coincidence that this tremendous challenge that we all face uh, it's, it's not a coincidence that it happened around easter to me but i just think there's i was talking to a pastor friend of mine last night who's been on conference calls with pastors around the world quite frankly and uh he just was asking what i thought i think I think there's going to be some type of revival of the church uh, after this is all said and done I really do yeah. I choose I choose to believe that. Uh, so, um, of course, as it normally does, my message will piggyback off of your message. Because you talked about faith, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and having faith. So I go to John twenty twenty nine, uh Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Uh, not seeing and still believing is what to me is being a what's a what's christian is all about for we walk by faith uh not by sight second corinthians 5 7. now when we walk by faith is believing with all of your heart all your mind all your soul that god will guide you and protect you it's hard to do right i mean because it's so hard to do also believing that he is there to comfort bless and love you and knowing that he is i gotta read my writing here knowing that he is here performing miracles each and every day that we never hear about. And that goes back to our point earlier in the show. We never hear the good stories because the blood and guts and the bad stories. Uh, What's the old journalist thing? If it it bleeds, it leads thing, Bruce. So so further, by believing that, you ask God to take control of your life, and will your life will vastly improve. I'm sorry, I can't. I get mixed up with my writing sometimes. It is also by seeing the beauty that surrounds us in this world, and how perfectly everything seems to to fit together and work together. And what I noticed is, like, I was out um, just on a drive the other day, and all of a sudden I just started noticing. Oh man, there's some buds on those trees. I just noticed it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, And just the little beauty in the world. You know. Uh then I wrote this first down Hebrews eleven thirteen. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. So my encouragement to everybody is just hold on to that faith. It is it is right, it is true, uh it is what will sustain you. And understand that look man this all this this whole life that we're living is a blink of eye mm-hmm. a blink of an eye compared to eternity and so i just that's why bruce and i are, are adamant about what we believe but it's got to be your choice and don't take our word for it do your own investigation yep. and the importance and understand that hey. I don't think people, tell the people, Bruce, what the definition of grace is. and what? It's God's
0: riches at Christ's expense. It's
1: a free free gift. Yeah, it's a free gift. A free gift. Yeah. And so understand the concept of grace. And just if you haven't explored it, just look at it. Hey, don't do it because I told you to. Don't trust me. You know, do your own investigation.
0: It's a gift you don't have to qualify for. You just have to accept.
1: Right. You don't have to get your name in a bucket to be drawn on Friday. No, you it's don't. Just, you just get it. You're automatic winner. Everybody wins.
0: And as I laid in bed last night and I listened to that wind pound and that, th- and that thunder roll and watched the lightning flash. Amazing. I just <laughs> hearkened and I thought, boy, Lord, <laughs> we hang so many heavy things on such a thin wire. You know, we hang our health, our future, our finances, our jobs, our power, our prestige, our significance. We hang all that on such a thin wire. You've shown me how thin and weak that wire is since the middle of March. And I'm laying here in bed and you've, now you're demonstrating, listen to my majesty, listen to my power. What I offer you, Bruce, what I offer mankind is on a very sturdy, unbreakable wire. I don't change. I never leave you or forsake you. I give you everything you need for life and godliness. I supply all your needs. Nothing shakes that. Nothing. That's not going to bring that down. COVID-19 is not going to bring that down. A job loss not going to bring that down. All the things we've put our confidence in, are heavy objects hanging on a thin wire that can break any time. But what the Lord offers you is always going to be there for you. And I would just encourage you, as Chris said, to investigate it on your own because it is a personal decision that everyone has to make. Amen. So with that, we will leave you and encourage you to email us, podcast at gmail.com. Nominate someone for our COVID-19 relief. And uh, here is a letter from Maureen, uh, an email from Maureen. Today I am writing to nominate a friend in need. Uh, Katie, Freddie, and two young boys age seven and four. Uh, Freddie was deported back to Mexico two years ago. He was in the country illegally, did not have the proper documentation. Katie has been working three jobs to support her family And her parents help with babysitting the kids. My wife and I met Katie at one of her jobs as a waitress at one of the local restaurants here in Michigan. We have been tipping her way beyond the normal 15 or 20%. Sometimes we give $20, sometimes $100. She's one of the sweetest and most humble people I know. And so uh, Maureen has nominated Katie. And um, Katie's name is in the hopper. And uh, I can't say that I hope, any one wins over another because I hope they all win. I hope they all find comfort. I hope that uh, this, the larger part of Chris making this commitment to sacrificial giving and us finding ways to get it into the hands of people who need it, the larger part of that is that we want to inspire everyone to find ways to give themselves, whether it's financially or otherwise, is to find ways to give. Uh, because people need it, and you know what, we all need it. We all need to give because it is fulfilling,
1: and it fulfills um, God's mission for us. I, I got a, its not on the email, but I got a story to share. Mm-hmm. Uh, because of the podcast, uh, I, I talked to an attorney in town, and he listened to the podcast and. He had a, a client that he was trying to get a hold of, but he couldn't get a hold of. And it's it was a person with a special needs child. He was doing some legal work. And he's trying to get a hold of her. He couldn't get a hold of her. Finally got a hold of her. And he wanted to tell her that he was waiving all her legal fees mm. and, and doing it pro bono. And uh, said the woman was so un so amazed and appreciated it so much and he was inspired to do that because of what we talked about on the podcast
0: that is so great that is awesome we love hearing that so uh, yeah uh,
1: so it's just that's that's the, the stuff that makes going through a quarantine or the fear of a pandemic That's the good that can come from this and I've been trying to preach that from the rooftops every time somebody wants to have me on to talk about the auction, I turn it over and talk about that. So, you know, the the amazing responsibility that I feel uh, with the platform that I have and we have. It's something I know that you don't take lightly and I don't take lightly. So no,
0: we're anyway. grateful for the opportunity. I hope you all have a great Wednesday. Get those nominations in. We'll draw on Friday, four winners of $250 each. Until then, have a blessed day. And uh, we'll talk to you again Friday morning here on the Spielman and Hooli We Tackle Life podcast.